Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A reminder, a matinee tomorrow. The Oilers and the Blues, 2 o'clock puck drop on the Oilers radio network and on NHL Hockey on Rogers. The best fans of the game need the best content. Go live and behind the scenes with Oilers Plus. Access live practice coverage, pre- and post-game shows. Uh, There's an original series that's going to be rolling and much, much more. Subscribe now at OilersPlus.com using the promo code, all caps, Oilers now for a three, a free three-day trial. All right, there you have it. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether they're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Brendan and Chris will take care of you. 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris that opened up uh, in Edmonton on 9990 Jasper Ave. I don't know. Coincidence or circumstance? We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. We welcome back one of the most plugged-in men in the business, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing today? Not bad. Good game last night. It was entertaining. It was entertaining high event of game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was really exciting to watch. I mean. Look, those are two teams that can score. Those are two teams with a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about goaltending and things like that. I I was having a long conversation with someone the other day, and Merrick and I talked about it on the podcast today. I I just think right now there's probably about maybe five or six true difference makers in the league. And I I think in, in net. And I think that you guys in the Hurricanes are the same in the sense that you've, you've picked your guy. You don't have one of those absolute difference makers, but you've picked on someone you're betting on, and all you need is for them to make one more save than the other guy. And, you know, Campbell did that last night. And I, I just think that that's the way it's going to be for the Oilers. You, you don't need him to be Vasilevsky, but you need him to be better than the guy at the other end of the night on on this particular evening. And last night he was, and that that's going to have to be the way it is. Well, it's interesting that he was last night because historically Anderson's numbers were just obscene against Edmonton. He came in the last night's game with a record of 17-1-2 with a 9.28 save percentage against the Oilers. I will tell you, Elliot, that's the worst I've ever seen uh, Frederick Anderson play like he gave up two goals that he normally wouldn't give up. So he's yeah. he's had the Oilers number, and I mean Rod Brindamore mentioned that after the game that that's a team you can't do that to because they can score. And it was just one of those nights. And I, the the puck, and I know you watch a little bit of European uh, soccer. soccer. Um, yep. Carolina's pressure on the puck. I mean, it's like Liverpool's with uh, the you know the Gagan press with Jurgen Klopp and. 
<laughs> I mean, it was interesting watching, and the Oilers have some veteran defensemen, but it was not an mm-hmm. easy, it was not an easy night. But they didn't have all their horses going last night either. Like they had a line that was a little quiet, but it made for a heck of a game. And you know, scoring's up, and that's not a bad thing, Elliot, is it? No, it, it's not. And uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a, I, I think there's a few things going on. Number one, I, I think that, like I said, I, I, I think that the goalies, there, there aren't as many shut down, close the door goalies as there have been in years past. And now we've got one less, right? Because Carey Price is out. Like, like, you know, how many goalies out there are on, are on the Vasilevsky level or close to it? I mean, he is. I think the guy in... New York obviously is. Shesterkin, I think Sorokin with the island has a chance to be. But, you know, even Fleury is getting towards the end of his career, and he's starting to struggle a bit. I really like Markstrom, but he's got a lot of problems with you guys. Uh, I'm a huge Demko fan, but they're off to a nightmare start. So I I think that's one thing, Bob. I, I think the other thing is, look, like in the 80s when you and I grew up watching hockey, there were a lot of guys. There were a lot of good players who, but they, you know, they were they, they fought. Fighting is way down. So more skilled players are up and down the lineup. And I think too the the fact that the the chest protectors and the arms and things like that they've made it a little bit thinner. I think they've created a situation between all of these things where we can see more goals. Plus, it's early. You know, I. I, I think that's the other thing, too. The play is always more scrambly early in the season. I'm assuming, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm assuming this will all get cut down eventually. Yeah, I'm not surprised. that. Like, I look at what the Oilers have done on the power play, and I think Thomas Drance from the Athletics said, like, this is, if you factor in an error-adjusted scoring, this is like a record-setting run from Edmonton. One, one, and three over the last three years. 25-plus percent all three years. It's only been four teams do that all time. The 81-86 Oilers did it. Flames late 80s. But look at what's happened on power plays. You start every power play in the offensive zone. So if you have a guy that's good at face-offs, sometimes you never get the puck out of your zone. The goalie equipment's, yep. the goalie equipment's smaller, and the defenseman can't sit there and cleave guys like the 1999 Dallas Stars or the 2001 New Jersey Devils. You know, like it's just yep. – and, and it's – and so I that like I'm not surprised the power played and I'm a hundred percent with you. Frankly, I, I don't mind a fight as you know, as a, being a good Western Canadian yep. boy. I kind of you know, as long as I wasn't losing them I didn't mind <laughs> but no, like I mean you're as you get older you get a little worried about guys getting hurt. The game has changed, it's evolved. And I, I think most fans love the fact that the, the games are higher scoring and hopefully it continues. Of course. To, you know? Yeah. You want I mean you, you can have a very exciting one nothing game, but what you can't have is a low event, lots of slowdown, one nothing game. Right. And uh, as long as there's chances, like people just want to see chances. And if you get a game with a lot of chances and a lot of action, people are going to be very happy. And that one last night, as you said, that's not uh, going to go down into the Vesna Goaltending Hall of Fame, but I'm sure a lot of people who bought a ticket I'd say there'd be very few that were upset or went home unhappy because the Oilers won and the game was entertaining. All right, let's do some quick hitters around the league. You brought up Vancouver. Sure. Uh, you know where Connor Bedard... Oh, forget it. You know 
I'm just throwing it out there. You know where he's from. You know who his favorite team was as a kid. I wonder deep in the recesses of some of the minds of Canucks fans if they're going, you know, this might not be the worst. <laughs> I mean, they've got way too good of a goalie, way too good of a team. I think they can still work their way back into the playoff mix. We know, like, they got back into it last year with Gabby. What's going on there? What are you seeing, Ellie, with the with the Canucks? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, number one, they can't lock anybody down, Bob. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible, the streak, and it didn't happen last night, but the streak to start the season of, of losses after having multiple goal leads. You know, one of the, one of the conversations I, I remember uh, uh, that, you know, over the years you get in conversations you remember, but one of them was with Bob Ganey, uh, the great uh, player, and when he was GM of the Canadians and he fired Guy Carboneau, and I, I didn't think, a lot of people didn't think the Canadians were that bad at the time, and I remember asking him, you know, why? And he goes, we can't check. And he said, you cannot win the Stanley Cup in this league if you can't check. And, you know, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but I think it's very true. And unfortunately, you watch the Canucks right now and, you know, they, the other teams get up and down the ice against them really easily. And uh, I think it's it's a big problem. They... And it's not only the defense. The defense is getting a lot of blame. But to me, that's that's a whole team thing. Like, they gave up a goal to Goudreau this week against Columbus. I couldn't believe it when I saw it was five on five. Like, I was like, wow. Like he just he went through the whole way of the ice and did a wraparound on Spencer Knight. And he never got – or on uh, Spencer Martin. And he, he never got touched. And – I just think for whatever reason, they can't slow anybody down. Now, I don't believe Rutherford wants to make a coaching change. He said that privately and he said that publicly. It's just that, you know, it, it, you, you get, you're, you're in such a hole, you know, what do you do? And I, I think, you know, the one good thing for them, Bob, is that this has happened on the road. They don't play their first home game until tomorrow night against Buffalo. Maybe you can regain some momentum once you get back home for your opener. But that, to me, is the one thing that stands out: is that people are just going up and down the ice too easily against them. Well, uh, they're going to run. Are they going to face Eric Carmi tonight? How about those back-to-back starts at Edmonton and Calgary? Forty-plus shots. I mean, the Oilers' expected goals was five in that yeah. game against Buffalo. I mean, good for Eric. Great story there. All right, so circling back to Vancouver, and you were specific to mention team defense, not just the actual position of defense. Ethan Bear, a healthy scratch last night. Jason Davidson's his rep. Uh, We know, uh, I'm led to believe they're they're trying to assist Carolina in facilitating a move. Is there not a natural fit? They need a right shot to ease a $2 million cap hit. Is there there not something feasible that could work out? Is that ultimately where Bear ends up? Well, I, the Vancouver's had some interest for a while now. This is the Canucks' interest in him is not new, but I think if it was an easy deal to make, or I should even say, Bob, an easier deal to make, it would have been done already. You know, Carolina, it's it's pretty simple the way they deal with a lot of things. They establish a value for something, and like it, it even goes to their coaches, like they say, or their executives, like this is what we think uh, an executive or a coach should be making. If you want to do that here, 
you're going to be here. If not, you have permission to look elsewhere. They did that with Dougie Hamilton when Dougie Hamilton was a free agent. Um, they gave him permission to look well before the free agent date. And I think that's what they've done with Bear. They've established what they think is what they should be paid for him. And to this point, they're not prepared to go underneath it. And you know one thing in this league, uh, Bob, when you're struggling, the other GMs, they don't throw you a lifeline. They throw you an anvil. And I, I think the way Vancouver started is – uh, it's it's hurt. It's going to make it harder for them to make deals. I think the other thing right now too is they do have another defenseman there who hasn't played yet, and that's Jack Rathbone. And I have to think they're going to have to give him an opportunity, or else that situation is going to come to a head soon. All right, uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers joining us on Oilers now. It's funny, and I know we mentioned this last week, but. In Vancouver, Arizona finished up there in the preseason, and they've had an interesting week, to say the least. Uh, but they've got Chikrin, who yep. – did, now, did he rejoin the team in Montreal? Uh, I believe so. I think he was there, I want to say, yesterday. Okay. And I know when I spoke to, to, Bill, uh, to Bill Armstrong, he said point blank, let's see – Let's see where the pressure gets applied to teams that were supposed to make some noise, and that might lend itself to opening up a mechanism for a deal. And so, obviously, he's looking to see who's who's supposed to be good that's struggling. And the first team, I mean, there's now a team. Where's Toronto at with their injuries on defense? And could they be a team that could potentially end up in the market for uh, Jacob Chicken? I believe Nick Kiprios penned something to that effect this week, Elliot. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that the chicken situation will heat up. Uh, I, I, I still don't think it's likely to be Ottawa. I, I think that's likely to be elsewhere. Um, you know, Toronto, look, there's no announcement at this time about Jake Muzzin, nor will do I think there's going to be one in the short term. They've got some things to figure out here, including a true picture of his, of his health, but you know, I, I think if you're Toronto, you're preparing for the possibility that he could be uh, out for a long time. Um, they, um, I, I just think from what I've heard about the Chikrin situation is that it started to heat up now that he's practicing again. And I think the player knows that the best thing he can do is he can get is to get back into the lead, is to get back into games and play great. And if you do that, Bob, everything takes care of itself. Everything. So I, I think that's the most likely plan. You know, I, I the other thing I've I've heard here is that, you know, the Ryan Ellis situation in Philly, just where a player's been hurt a bit and now he's and and now what happened, I think teams just want to see him play. But if he if he plays and he's at all effective, uh, I, I do think that one's going to shake loose. All right. Speaking of Arizona, Zach Cassian last night, um, well, uh, you know, it happens once in a while. He got tossed around pretty good. Is there a new yep. is there a new cult hero with the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, Arbor Jack, I sure is. And and uh, I was I was working last night, Toronto Dallas, but we had obviously a screen on that Montreal game, and when they were squaring off. I actually turned to Anthony Stewart and said, I don't know if this is a good idea for Jack. And it turned out he did beyond well, as you said, extremely well. Uh, I was surprised to see that. You know that Cassian's a a rough, tough customer. So, you know, he's a really fascinating guy. Um, 
he I think there's a lot of teams kind of kicking themselves that they didn't find him or didn't sign him. I mean, the story has been well told now. He was working at Costco, and now he ends up on the defense of the Montreal Canadiens. And the other thing, too, Bob, and I would tell everybody to to go look at it, because like the, the Cassian fight's getting a lot of attention last night, but look what happens on the play where Slavkovsky scores his first NHL goal. Like, Josh Brown runs Slavkovsky, and, you know, I didn't have a problem with that play at all. But Jack, I make sure to go after him. And then, you know, Slavkovsky gives it to Brown. And Brown's coming for coming to talk to him after he scores the goal. And, you know, you, you, you've been a big fan of Gooley for a long time. And I think that kid's a stud, too. But Jack, I, who's obviously not a first-round pick like Gooley was, he's a cult hero there. And... You know, he's one of those guys that he's a throwback and he plays hard. He protects his teammates and he's a, and he's a good player. Like he's got he's raw, but he's got a lot of ability. And, you know, you watch like that Montreal Arizona game last night. Montreal sent a message to me that they, they said that, you know, they went out to win that game and they won big. Arizona was right for the picking. They had two nights off in Montreal. And Montreal came out there and said, we are going to stomp this team, and we did. And so I think they, they, they don't want to be a, a bad team. They're limited, I think, in what they can do, but they don't want to be a bad team, and they want to show they're competitive. And I think Jack has been a big part of it because of the energy he brings. And, you know, not only did he fight casting last night, but he, he protected Slavkovsky, too. Yeah. Uh, just circling back to Goulet, uh, you know, I, I look at Leon Dreisaitl playing in Prince Albert. I look at Caden Gooley playing in Prince Albert. And I look at Connor McDavid playing in Erie. And that tells me a lot about those players because there's yeah. lots of kids in the OHL midget draft, including a former first-rounder of this team, that didn't want to go to Erie. Now, part of it was school-related. Part of it was they, they wanted to stay in Ontario for school. Uh, but certainly in the Western League, Prince Albert is not a choice destination. Ironically, they got two number one picks. They got Edmonton's pick as part of the Gooley train. They're going to have two picks in the top five, and there's a, a couple big uh, high-end guys out of the Edmonton region that are going to be in them. And I just, I just, I would caution parents: don't try to manipulate the system. It, it told me everything I needed to know about Leon's character and everything about Caden's character that they went to Prince Albert, and it told me everything about Connor's character that he went to Erie. You know what I'm saying, Elliot? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, it, it's tough for those operators because, you know, not every organization in the major junior has a dressing room like the Edmonton Oil Kings. Like, Edmonton's got some advantages as a result of that. All right, one final one for you. Uh, BOG, Board of Governors meetings. Yeah. What was your take? What was the biggest thing we got out of that? Well, the biggest thing was unquestionably that Batman said that he's hopeful that uh, that they're, they're, the cap can go up by more this year. Uh, providing the revenues are high enough. He said it's going to be close. To be honest, in the aftermath of that, I've had a lot of people say that that might be overly ambitious. We'll see. Um, you know, the, the thing about Batman is it, it's, it's kind of the way he does things. He likes to present a, a positive face. It's his way. I also can see it as, look, uh, we're heading into a recession here, but we want to say that or say to everybody, our message is that investing in the NHL is good business. Um, so I can see him trying to do that too. 
but I think it's going to be tight, Bob. I, I think it is. Uh, one of the things that is key to that would be the Canadian dollar and where it stays, and that could be a challenge too. I mean, I hope he's right. It's better for the sport if the cap goes up a little bit and teams yep. have yep. some more room to breathe. But I think it's going to be a challenge. I, I'm with you as well. And all we need to do is look back to the 15, the last year at Rexall Place, 15, 16, the Canadian dollar hit a low there for a while. And that was one of the few years. I think that might be the only year where we've had a full season since uh, the lockout of 0405 where Edmonton didn't contribute into revenue sharing. And the Canadian dollar played a mammoth part of that. Elliot. Great stuff. Love having you on the show. Good luck to your uh, Purple Ponies this week. They don't need it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing really well. I think we're, I think we've got one last game in the uh, regular season. They're 7-0. and So, uh, so far, it looks pretty good. Alberta's number one in hockey. Uh, they're struggling a bit in football. And don't even talk well, to me about Alabama. Have everything. Don't even talk to me about Alabama. Oh yeah, you know what? That, I was I was going to text you. I made this so so last week. I made us keep a TV on the end of that game until it was over. I think I left one of the early hockey games off. But what are you going to do, Bob? Like I, I love Tennessee, what a game. but that was a hell of it was a hell of a game. It's just a shame somebody's got to lose it. That's the problem. It was an awesome game, Elliot. Great yeah. stuff. Say hi to Jeff for us, okay? All right, take care, Bob. <laughs> you bet. That is uh, Elliot Friedman. It is 12.54 at Edmonton. We're listening to orders now. I'm going to squeeze in a couple texts when we return to the show. Edmonton and St. Louis uh, tomorrow. The Blues rolled today with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, with Brandon Saad and Jordan Cairo. They had uh, Robert Thomas with Buchnevich and Tarasenko. Braden Shen with Jake Neighbors, the former Edmonton Oil King, and Ivan Barbashev, Nola Chari with Torpchenko, and Nathan Walker, who was briefly with the Oilers. Nick Letty and uh, St. Albert product Colton Pareko, Tori Krug, and Justin Falk. Uh, Mikola, who is a physical, rangy left-shot D with Robert Bortuzzo. We expect Bennington to start tomorrow. The Oilers last night rolled with McDavid with Kane and Yamamoto, Drysaddle with R&H and Hyman, McLeod with Fogel and Pogliarvi. The two uh, fourth-line guys were Ryan and Short that both spent some time on the PK. Nurse and CC, Kulak and Barry, and then Niemelein and Murray and Bouchard. Campbell got the start last night. All right, if you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, join Oilers now in Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights and all the famous Vegas attractions. This new S travel hockey package includes airfare, three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Vegas Strip, game tickets, and a welcome reception with yours truly. We'll do one in Vegas. We'll also do a launch in Edmonton as well before we leave. You can reach out to new West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob, I know you're big on Carson Suse out of Seattle. If the orders were to send Fogel in a trade for Suse, what else do the orders have to add? Uh, Orders, well, the problem is Seattle has lots of forwards now. So I don't know if they'd want them. Doomer out of GP ads. Uh, the orders have Matthias Yanmark who could take Fogel's spot in trade uh, if that happened. Just thinking, I do believe uh, Susie could be a, a good piece, good final piece to make the orders a legitimate cup contender. That comes from Doomer out of GP. Look, I like Carson Susie. we got to see what Nima Linen and Broberg can do first. But trade deadline? I'd entertain going after Carson Susie. Could play left or right D, six foot five. Kind of didn't get how he was treated by Dave Haxtell in Seattle first half of last season. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Would we return on Oilers now? The general manager of the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong. 